Cynthia Murphy. And I'm Georgia Bowers. And this is Delete My Browser History. Hi, and we've got a special guest in the room with us today. We have. Say hi, Lolly. <laughs> She's not going to say time. anything, is she? No. It's the first time recording in my new house, which means Lolly is in and around. So if you hear anything, it's probably her. Or if we get distracted. Yeah. If I have to stop for five minutes. Yeah. Um, right, I'm going to dive straight in because mine's a longish one. Um, and I'm cheating a bit because it's not something that I have researched for a book. It's something that I saw an article for the other day and just went, ooh, that sounds ooh. really good. And I think it's one of those things that will sit in the back of my head and maybe in the future make its way into something. Oh, I love that. So I'm going to tell you about the bone trade. <gasps> oh, I know, I know. So I came across it because an article from The Guardian came up on Twitter and it was about a guy who runs a company on TikTok. Well, he runs a company. He won't sell bones on TikTok, but he will sell them on the internet. Oh. I know, because he's got morals. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so he is 22 and that's his main source of income. And I thought, I didn't even know that this was a thing. Like, oh. No, I. it wasn't on in my career guide no. at school. But apparently it's quite a... Is it legal? Historied career. Yeah. I'll go into it a bit more. It's called John's Bones. But I know. Bones. I, but I, I just read it as John's Bones because it's spelled <laughs> N. So I just read it as John's Bones every time. <laughs> All right. Doggy needs to go down. Are you going down? Yeah. You go to your bed. Do you want to come back up? She no. doesn't know what she wants. No, she just wants to sit here. She wants to fight. That's what she wants. Um. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so, no, we're not biting. I had a look on, so I just Googled medical bone trade because it all started as a medical kind of thing. So there's a really good article on Nat Geo, which I got a lot of my information from. It starts off talking about an artist who wanted to get his hands on a human skull because he wanted to study it and he wanted to see how the muscles would have moved and in order to like become a better artist, which I kind of understand if right. you draw in a human person and, you know, to yeah. study. So he bought one on eBay and it kind of kick-started this um, series of artworks that he did where he would carve into a human skull. And it has loads of pictures on the article. And they're beautiful, but I don't know why he couldn't do it to like a plaster cast of a skull or it seems very strange. Yeah. I think I'd definitely be haunting someone if they oh. had been to me. And like, you don't know if if this person has said, yeah, that's fine, do it. I want that to happen. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He used to buy them off eBay. because Actual eBay, human skulls? Yeah. eBay allowed trade in human bones until July 2016. Oh, my goodness. They had to be. So, apparently, eBay got away with it because they had to be clean, articulated, and for medical purposes. So, articulated is when you get a skeleton that's been cleaned and joined together with little bits, you know, so it moves. So, yeah. like, medical doctors used to use them, didn't they, to... Yeah, to, um, to teach. Yeah, to teach and to find out about the anatomy. That was the, you know, the legal thing on eBay, but that wasn't always the case. And on July the 4th, 2016, uh, the Journal of Forensic Scientists published an analysis of the human skulls available on eBay. Over seven months, sellers had listed 454 
with an average opening bid of 650 US dollars. Um, Where did they get them from? Well, this is the, the problem. There was also trade on Yahoo and Facebook. I'll talk a bit more about Facebook after. And four days later, after this article came out, eBay banned human remains. <laughs> um, apart from head hair, so or in another article, I saw it referred to as scalp hair, which... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and because it's used for wigs and our favourite Victorian jewellery. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, head hair is allowed. Scalp hair. Scalp hair. It's gross. But the sale of human remains is prohibited by law and sellers cannot list them on eBay. So you can't list people and you can't list people's remains. What about animal remains? I think that's fine. And it actually says mm. um, eBay is like bottom line to say this is why we've stopped is they said it's prohibited by law. But that's not actually true because it's largely legal. There's this thing with human remains that um, you don't need to know the provenance, so you don't need to know where it comes from. And whoever is in possession of it is the owner. So if I had like a femur bone and then I just gave it to you, you would just legally own that and it wouldn't matter where it had come from, which seems really weird. It, that is really, that's shocking. Yeah. That is really shocking. So this is mainly in the US. Because it says, shortly after the state of Louisiana banned bone trade and ownership, and the bone traders online got nervous about this and started deleting their Instagram accounts because that's where a lot of trade was done. On They would like post photographs on Instagram and sell it that way. They cancelled interviews. They, they just wouldn't. They kind of went underground because they'd got nervous. Historically, most schools on the general US market came from antique medical skeletons. So in the 1700s, medical schools had to provide skeletons for students and the supply, it ended up largely coming from India because, of course, in the UK, we had people like Burke and Hare who would kill people and then donate the body to medicine in, well, not donate, but they would sell it. And there was lots of grave robbing going on. So there was all these laws put into place. When a law came in in 1832 that kind of ended that, British doctors started pressuring Indian people who got rid of human remains to sell them. So by the kind of 1800s, most of the skeletons that were in the UK and the US were coming from India. This meant India soon had a thriving bone industry. So you can imagine India, I mean, I don't think it's a politically correct term to use now, like third world country. I think that's a horrible term anyway. Mm -hmm. But I think it definitely would have been turned that in the 1800s. And, you know, it was a way to make money for people. And a lot of Indian people couldn't afford the burial or the cremation that their religion... Oh, so they would be just forced into it almost. Well, they didn't have a choice. It would be the no. would be like, yeah, okay. And they would earn a little bit of money from it. So they had this thriving bone industry and they supplied much of the Western world with medical specimens. I'm going to put the doggy down. Do you know what, though? At least they've made some money out of it, not like those poor mummies that got their, got ground into different colour paints. Yeah, that's true. Without I, any say in it. I pitched that book idea to my publisher last week. Mm, yeah. Nice one. So we'll see if I ever actually get to write it. Sorry, I'm trying to read my notes over one short. <laughs> I might have the dog on the other. <laughs> so 
it was a thriving bone industry for years and years and years up until 1985, which is within our lifetime. And it was banned because one dealer was caught selling over one and a half thousand child skeletons. Oh, no. In one go. And they were of unknown origin. Oh, that's... Oh. Yeah. Like... Adults is okay, but like that's kind of crossing the line, isn't it? And where have they come from? Yeah, exactly. India then banned the exportation, worrying that people were being murdered in order to fulfil these kind of orders. Yeah. China took over the role for a while, so they became the biggest exporter of human skeletons. Um, But export there was banned in 2008. And over time, medical schools had closed down, bones changed hands, so... I mean, there's only so many that you need, I imagine, if you're in a medical school. Like, you know, how many skeletons do you need? You just need enough for everybody to see at the front of the class, surely. Yeah, exactly. So when they were closing down and things, though, and I imagine with, like, just technology and 3D printing and, you know, fake fake ones. Oh, yeah. So when it closed down, these bones started to change hands and, you know, they'd get sold at estate sales or, you know, they'd get passed on in somebody's will or something like that. So... The bones ended up like just anywhere. Going to the modern kind of medical trade. So you can still get new skulls in the US um, from donors. So they are still used. So skeletons in general are still used. So like a chiropractor might have a human spine in order to teach. Mm. Doctor might have an arm or a leg bone with the joint on so they can kind of teach. And there's a company called Skulls Unlimited. And that's the only company uh, in the US that you can like legally buy a skull from. Do you want to know how they get it ready for? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. So they get donated a head so you can leave your head. So they were saying that they don't often get whole skeletons because the other bits can be used by other people. So sometimes the head is like left over. So they get the head and they have to clean it. Oh my God. Yeah. They cut off as much... They use the term meat as they can, (laughs) which is just horrible. Uh, They remove the brains with a special tool. So I just think of the Egyptian with the thing up the nose and you spin it around. Um, So they do that. They leave it to dry for a few days and then they put it in with a colony of dermistid beetles, which are also (gasps) in beetles and they eat away the rest. So that is how they pre- that's how they prepare them. Yeah. So and apparently you can tell the difference between someone is, who's done it properly that way and someone who's done it underground. Oh, <gasps> you can what, imagine what happens like, underground. Well, you imagine they just like hack it. There might be marks and stuff. Whereas the the beetles would be quite gentle in a way, I suppose. Isn't that interesting that they use beetles still? That they haven't found a, it's a better probably, way. Uh, it's probably beetle-free the- way to do it. It's probably the least damaging, like if they used mm. a chemical. Yeah. It would like melt yeah. the because it? it's only calcium. Yeah. Uh, yep. So how do you keep the beetles? How many beetles do you need? I don't know. Um, it said a colony. So I think of it as like a beehive, maybe. So a kind yeah. of big box. A beetle hive. Put it in. Oh. Yeah. So that's something I never knew. No. That was fun to research while. My husband was watching the football last night. I kept like going, ooh. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt because it was England. Uh, so 
Skulls Unlimited only sell to doctors, nurses, dentists, anthropologists, or anyone with a valid medical reason. Authors? Well, if maybe if you convince them enough. So that's for a new skull. They will sell an antique skull to anybody. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you can go online onto skullsunlimited.com and you can, like, buy one. Wow. Um, you also can buy them on Facebook, which... Facebook Marketplace is full of weird stuff, isn't it? So I don't know if you still can, but there's a study that was done by Monica Serrano, which showed between 2015 and 16, the following things were found for sale on Facebook. A mummified Peruvian fetus for $8,000. An elongated Peruvian skull for $2,900. A normal fetus for $1,700. A skeletal hand, $515. A heart, $365. Seems quite cheap. Mm. Half a brain, $290. 50 teeth, $200. Four ribs, $45. And my personal favourite, because it's the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life, a vial of eyelashes. Oh no. $36. That's the worst one. <laughs> like, there's yeah. all the things in there, but who's collected a vial of eyelashes and what are they going to use it for? Like, that's yeah, the that is, big stuff, isn't it? That is really weird. So, uh, and all Who's those things include shipping. <laughs> it's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's were they? Were they all one person's? Yeah. Where did they come from? I don't know. What would be worse to have in your house, a human skull or a human hand? I think a hand would be worse. Because think a hand, you just think of it moving. Imagine if you woke up and it was on your face. hands, <laughs> <laughs> have you watched Wednesday yet? I've started watching it, yeah. How good is thing? Oh, How good brilliant. is that hand actor? Like, yeah, really, really good. How do you fall in love with a hand? Like, it's just brilliant. It's yeah, just yeah. so cute. But yeah, I yeah, I think you think of a hand moving, whereas you don't think of a skull moving. No. Or if you just started, if the skull just started chatting to you, that would be quite cool. But yeah, like a hand is a bit more sinister. Yeah. And it, because it could beckon. It could beckon. Yeah. Or that, you know, is, that, is it the monkey hand, that story of the monkey hand, grant three wishes? Oh, yeah, yeah. And that is really creepy. That's a really creepy story. And then you've got like Hand of Glory, haven't you, where it's like the hand of a dead. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? And it like. Yeah. You can use it to, can you use it to ward off evil or something? I can't remember what you can do with it. I thought it was to like get away with naughty stuff. Maybe. Because that was one of the theories for Bella and the Witch. In, in the witching well Bella in the witch elm oh, wasn't it because her, was, her hand had been removed yeah anyway yeah creepy very I'd like to know who bought the vial of eyelashes me too yeah. moving on to law in the US there's only a federal law against the remains of um against selling the remains of Native Americans which is a good right. thing because obviously I can imagine that trade was like ridiculous yeah So in most states, it says laws are either lacking, unenforced, or just completely impossible to understand. 
buyers can't understand them, sellers can't understand them. There's too many unknowns, so they just do it anyway. Yeah. There's no comprehensive online resource to determine the legality of trade. So you can't just go onto a website and be like, can I do this here? Mm -hmm. And it says that several, especially heads, have gone missing from collections over the years. So either private collections or medical collections, and they've later turned up on eBay. So somebody's just taken and then sold it because they know it. Yeah, so there's a, there's a real desire for it then. Yeah. Oh, there's a real underground. Like there's one of the articles I read, didn't write down much of it, but it was a, a woman who collects these kind of things. And she was having a Zoom interview with the interviewer. And she's like pointing out things that she's got in the room. And some of them are skulls that have been like dressed as tribal skulls, but it's okay because it's not a real tribal skull. It's a real skull. It's just been dressed up. And that's got all sorts of issues, but I'll go into the issues in a minute. Yeah. So there was a guy called Josh Villamaret, and he, um, I think he works for Skulls Unlimited. Says it's easy to see when a skull has just been dug up and a picture's been sent in of like, would you like this? or whether it's like an old one that has been used for previous medical use. Because I imagine they've got little holes in and they've got, you know, from where they've been put together. Yeah, yeah. So going back to the artist at the beginning who decorates the skulls, he's called Zane Wiley and he carves them. So what he does is he'll like pick a saint and he will carve something in that represents that saint. And then he'll like fit a little relic of the saint into the forehead or something like that. And the skull won't be from that saint. The skull will be from a random person, but he's just like reallocating it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it seems a bit odd. And then he does some that are like satanic inspired, which I just think you're asking for trouble there. Like whether you believe in that kind of stuff or not, if you're yeah. carving a human skull with like satanic symbols, that's not, not a good, good idea. idea. No. no. He says that you can leave him your skull in your will if you would like to be turned into art. <laughs> and he still buys and sells online just with more secrecy and care than before. So some people don't disclose their names anymore. Mm. I went to an article on wired.com and was looking at the online trade. There's some people who are just a little bit obsessed with skull and just want to own a human skull. And then it seems quite addictive. So once you flash, everybody owns a human skull. So just get over it. That's true, but it's not been cleaned by beetles. <laughs> true. Ooh. I mean, I like all things. Um yeah, but not real skulls. Oh, I'll put you down. You want to get down? Yeah, Loli doesn't like it either. Oh, no, she's curling up. You never sit on my knee. Oh, let me see. Yeah, so there's a massive trade on Instagram, and it can be innocent as far as these things go, but it can also be very, very problematic, and some of it harks back to, like, colonial racism and... All those mm. like the whole fact that India supplied skeletons is a massive colonial racism problem. Yeah, there'll be things that are advertised are like, oh, sorry, yeah, you get it down. Oh, good, yeah, good girl. Yeah. You have things like heads that were taken as battle trophies by the native people of Borneo. So obviously, that shouldn't be sold to a white person on Instagram. Like that's the kind of thing mm. that would either be in a museum or be 
like being respected somewhere, you know, yeah, just on someone's bookshelf. Skulls in the style of the Asmat people of Papua New Guinea. So, like I said, that lady had one, um, and it was somebody's skull, and it was decorated with beeswax, red seeds, feathers, and jewelry to make it look like one of these. And that's cultural appropriation in like the weirdest, most horrible way. Um, very, very strange. Very strange. It's, and they're just doing it because it looks nice and, and, and yeah and like or because art, art says something doesn't it yeah yeah but so what does that say statement. that just says i want one of these and i don't care yeah if there was some connection you could kind of understand it couldn't you you could understand the thought process but that just sat that's like two completely separate things that you're putting together and it it all it's all disrespectful from every angle yeah exactly definitely my humble opinion. Well, I think so as well. I mean, um, yeah. I don't think anybody from that, from the Asmat people of Papua New Guinea, have said, "Yeah, that's fine, do it." Like, that's not no. Happening. Or the person whose skull it was, presumably. Well, no, she's licking my floor. Such a weirdo. You're a weirdo. Yeah. That takes me back to the Guardian article, which kind of sparked off my weird deep dive. And it's called Death and the Salesman, which I thought was a really good article title. So John Very Ferry good. is a 22-year-old who sells old bones for a living. He runs John's Bombs. <laughs> John's Bones. Oh, I bet he hates that. John's Bombs. <laughs> he looks like he would hate that. I had to laugh at the Guardian article because it was like, and he sits down and he takes a picture out of his skinny black jeans. And it's just, oh, of course. You know, it's really um, very tongue-in-cheek. So mm. he grew up in Thailand. I don't think he is Thai, but he grew up in Thailand. And when he was 13, his father gave him a mouse skeleton. And that kind of kick-started his obsession with animal skeletons. And he started to articulate them. So a weird hobby, but a harmless one, I guess. So then when he was 18, he moved to New York to study product design at Parsons University. So I think he sounds like a, a slightly privileged young man. And he privileged started, creative. Yeah. He started John's Bonds as an animal skeleton business. But then he went somewhere and he saw a skull and he was like, oh, let's hmm. do that as well. Uh, he now has eight employees half a million followers and 22 million likes on tiktok where he'll go on and talk about like the process and everything i've not been on his tiktok but i, I will look it up and he posts about the medical bone trade because he says he you know he's only selling medical bones and bones to be articulated and whatever so he gets submissions so there's a bit in the article where it says he's looking at email submissions while the journalist is there and he says he can check by the cuts and the way they've been made with the bones and if they've got any hardware in he can tell if it's been a medical bone in the past or if it's dodgy so he'll be very selective about what he buys he primarily sells to medical institutions but they are listed on his website for anyone to buy so you can go on his website and you can spend seven and a half thousand dollars on a whole skeleton which has already been articulated or you can just buy a pelvis for $80. <laughs> that seems cheap for a pelvis, doesn't it? A pelvis is massive. Yeah, pretty substantial piece yeah. of bonage, isn't it? 
and there's this picture of him um and he's got a wall of spines oh yeah and it's and they're all different like lengths and shapes mm. it's a bit fascinating really because you just assume everyone's is the same but yeah it's all really different lowly <clears throat> found a halloween decoration no so that brings me to the end where there was a history professor called sam redmond from the university of massachusetts and he basically just summed it up um and said there is no ethical way to buy human remains Thank you for that. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I think I agree as well. It's a strange one. Um, something I didn't know existed. No. I mean, and talk about cursed objects. I'm, yeah. You're just asking for it, aren't you? I don't think I could go to sleep with like somebody else's body part in my house. No, no. It's strange. So there you go. That was an eye-opening one. That was that was a really interesting one. I I had no idea that it was an actual that it was a thing. No. And that there's this like legal, like like nothing regulation. Well, yeah, regulations in inverted commas. So mm -hmm. wow, right. Well, my topic this week, following your um, skull discussion, is really quite savoury in comparison. So, and this was based on our conversation a couple of weeks ago about apples and predicting who you were going to marry based on peeling an apple. Or... Right. So I started Sorry. doing a little I'm, bit of research. I'm going to stop you because Loli's just nicked something off the Christmas tree and run upstairs. I can hear <laughs> I'm going to have to go there. <laughs> oh. Naughty Loli. Sorry, go on. All right. Yes, so we were talking about this and I started doing a bit of research and it turns out that apples are wicked magic and just so much interesting information about apples and about the history of apples and, and, and all this sort of stuff. So I've just tried to um, get the interesting bits together here. I don't know what I'm sorry. I'm, I, someone just went past and I got distracted. It's all right. Don't worry. Lolu's trying to bite me. So I've just got this. Oh, okay. So... We're going to be delving into Halloween a little bit here, even Ooh. though we're in the festive period. And also I've got some interesting facts about apples and there's a few spells that you can try if you want to know who you're going to end up with. So, yes, I should have bought an apple with me so we could as so in case people didn't know what an apple looked like. <laughs> I was going to say I don't <laughs> have one handy. <laughs> right. So according to Patty Wigington, this is from learnreligions.com. Apples have been around so long that apparently they've found petrified apple fragments that date back 5,000 years. So they've been around for ages and ages and they're like the most common sort of fruit growing internationally. And according to pomologists, and a pom pomologist oh. is somebody who studies apples. How is that a is, job? Well, there's just so much to know about them. I'd like that job. Wow. Um, yeah, so... Most apple trees live for about two centuries and there are about there are thousands of varieties of apples in existence. Uh, a few apple facts here. In lots of different folklores, apples are associated with divination. 
the underworld and eternal life. The apple is a symbol of abundance and bounty in many cultures. So this was because a good apple crop would mean it would just be cause for celebration because it meant that you'd probably be okay for the winter. You be, you know, you can do a lot with apples, can't you? Because you can dry them yeah. and you can make them into like chutneys and stuff. And of course, make cider, which is oh, of course, yeah, party time. Mm-hmm. I also read that some people think that they kind of represent a voluptuous, fertile woman. But I can't. I think this is a bit of men writing women, maybe. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> I can see how it would be, and the seeds inside maybe represents yes. it. Um, yeah. And when you cut an apple in half in the right way, the seeds look like a five-pointed star. Yes. Ooh, but like that. Yeah, lowly. Somebody has dared to close their own car door outside. Oh, gosh. But that would be cutting it like what you would think was the wrong way, wouldn't it? You'd be cutting it through the it middle. It would be the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have you ever seen someone eating an apple the wrong way in a completely, you know, random... Because you go, obviously you go around the middle and then on the edges, but people who just like, and you're like, how do you live your life? That's not right. Cut mine up. If someone gets, I think apple is a luxury. Yeah. It is. If someone gets me a bowl, I'd eat the whole thing. If someone handed me an apple, I would just sit on my desk for like two weeks and then I'd have to throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know what you mean. Because we have a lot of cut up apples in this house. In Norse mythology, apples were connected to the goddess. Iden, Iden, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Iden, a spring goddess who was associated with springtime blossoms. According to legend, she fed young apples to other deities to help them remain immortal. And Eris, the goddess of strife and discord, probably the best goddess, she's associated with apples. And there was this big fight at a party she wasn't invited to that she offered a golden apple to whoever was like the fairest goddess or something. Is that a Greek one? Yeah, there was a yeah yeah there was a there was a big yeah big bust up over a golden apple because of her in arthur arthurian arthurian legends arthur am i saying avalon arthurian avalon means the island of apples and that's where the sword excalibur was forged and also where arthur returns when he's mortally wounded also, Merlin was said to carry a silver apple tree branch, which was hung with bells and ripened fruit that allowed him to cross over into other worlds. Oh, that's cool. That um, Some of my Christmas research, that sounds similar to. So that's an interesting, yeah. we'll come back to that. Yeah. And then I started, I, I did a little bit of research into the Bible and of course, you know, Adam and Eve and the apple and everything and and discovered it's not even an apple. So I will. Is it not an apple in the Bible? Is it a pomegranate? It's, not, it's just a fruit. It's a fruit. Oh, okay. And I checked this with our resident religion expert, Peter Laws. And he said, yeah, in Genesis, there's no mention of apples. It's just fruit. And it's all to do with um, how it's been translated and interpreted and then various artists and stuff just because it was i think it was translated as like a, a fruit a seed bearing fruit yeah the bible that we know like is the saint james bible so it's it's one that was translated in like 1600 in england yeah so an apple would be very english wouldn't it whereas you know 
in the Middle East, would apples be as common? It's just been white. I don't know. I wish I could tell you, but I mean, yeah. And uh, Milton's Paradise Lost popularised the apple as well in Ah, the Bible. It's just mentioned the word Bible. Uh, Bible. Apple, what is wrong with me? So, yeah, thanks to Peter Laws for that because he just I checked that with him. And so now moving on to apples for for divination and for spells, apple, apple blossom is also magic. And I think it's to do with obviously the time of year that apples that, you know, you get some blossom and then and then the apples and then you get a good crop. And it was like that time of year back in back in the day where you'd be so worried for winter and the cold and everything that these apples probably were just like symbolized life in a way, I suppose, and that you were going to be all right. I wonder if they symbolize like the end of a season as well, you know, like this is it. We're not going to get anything new now until the spring. I read that they weren't even sure that once you kind of got to the end of summer and you moved into autumn and winter that they they were worried that the sun would never come back. I suppose you would be if you didn't know how yeah. stuff yeah. worked. I mean, imagine the days getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Would you think it would just keep going forever? Exactly. It's almost like apocalyptic. They're just like, we, you know, is, is this going to be it now? Is this going to be it? Well, at least we've got something nice to eat and some cider to drink. It's Let's like pissed. Game of Thrones, you know, when they're all like, oh, sweet summer child, you've never had a winter. And the winter goes on for yeah. like years and years. And it's what it yeah. feels like, isn't it? Yeah, it does. So now we move into Halloween and bobbing for apples and whatnot. And this is from an Irish myth site. And it's all um, the reason that we bob for apples is I mean, it's not just something that children did, but a hundred, a couple of hundred years ago, apparently court, courtly lords and ladies used to bob for apples, and it was all about determining who they were going to marry. That's that's purely what it was. Like everything else, you know, you want to know who you're going to end up with. Yeah. So each each apple would correspond with a potential suitor. I also read that sometimes the women watching would put like their they'd mark the apples and then they'd watch and be like, oh, has he got my apple? Sort of oh. thing and then there's lots of variations on this if if the person bobbing for apples gets it on the first try then the relationship will be fine it will be a you know lovely blossoming uh, romantic coupling if you get it on the second try it'll be hot and heavy at first and then it will fizzle out and then if you get it on the third try then you might as well just not bother right. it's just <laughs> not going to work out and have you ever done apple bobbing yeah i remember doing it at um youth club years ago and you had to stick your face in a bowl of flour afterwards so you would have to like then you'd have to put your face in flour and you were soaking so it would all stick to it oh that's horrible that's humiliating (laughs) well it was it was like uh remember it being really good fun oh i i did apple bobbing once I think it's really hard. So I would be screwed if I was trying to find out who my future partner was. But I was in school assembly in middle school and we were having like an assembly about, you know, autumn traditions or whatever. And they were like, we're going to do some apple bobbing. And they literally picked like three people from the whole of the school to get up on stage in front of the whole school and do apple bobbing. And I was one of them. That's horrible. 
I know it was really awful and I had really long hair at the time and it, my my hair was just soaking and everything and of course can you I mean and I just couldn't get an apple it was it was awful oh no <laughs> like nightmare know. it was awful so all of these games started off as courtship rituals and they usually played them around Halloween, autumn time or sowin, sowin. I never know how to pronounce that correctly. Uh, and journalist, this is the journalist Alison Richard. She explains that the specific connection between Apple's fortune telling and Halloween goes back to the Celtic festival, sowin. Please correct me if I'm saying that wrong, I anybody out right. there. I think sowin. Yeah. It fell around the end of our modern October and marked the end of summer, the end of harvest and revelers worried, as we were saying, perhaps extinction itself. To encourage the sun deity to return the following year, ancient Celts burned huge bonfires into the night and tied apples to evergreen branches. So there's all this like symbolism with apples. And according to this tradition, barriers to the underworld were temporarily suspended. So it was the perfect time for divination. And it was really, really powerful at that time of year. So obviously, if divination is possible, the first thing you're going to do is find out who you're going to marry. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Obviously. And that's from the secret steamy history of Halloween apples. Oh. And as I said, this this is if yeah, we'll have to, I have to look that up. If you cut an apple in half, it must be it must be uh horizontally. Yeah. Do we it think? is. Yeah. Like thinking it because yeah. you would normally cut down from the store. Yeah. And then yeah. that's when you get you just see a couple of pips in the side, but if you cut it through the middle, so you've got yeah. the stalk at one end and the the base at the bottom of it at the other end that's when you get yeah. they've said that it also see can represent it's a bit heart-shaped the apple kind of which yeah. is why it's used in a lot of love spells and divination and that sort of thing mm. i guess you could kind of suggest it's sort of half uh, i think if you cut it in half like the normal way yeah. it would look more yeah. heart-shaped yeah uh, this is from the salt. So this is British apple expert, a pomologist, let's let's um, assume. Oh, and a fruit historian, Joan Morgan. She says she said to the salt that throughout Europe, apples, apple peels and even apple pips have been used to peer into the romantic future. And uh, so early European colonists bought the first apple trees to North America and obviously seeds or pips and the customs came along with them. So this is why they've sort of lasted and sort of spread. So there's various ways that you can find out who you're going to end up with by using an apple, as well as the apple bobbing. We have that classic peel the apple. Yeah. And keep the peel in one long peel. And then when the peel comes off, you can either drop it to your feet or you chuck it over your shoulder. And whatever the shape of the peel is, is the first initial of your true love. But we and said we were discussing this. Yeah. It's not going to be a normally hate. an S. <laughs> yeah. Uh, normally an S or an O or a C. Anyway, another way to find out who you're going to end up with is wait until midnight and cut an apple into nine pieces. I haven't heard this one. Take the pieces into a dark room with a mirror. There's always a mirror. No, don't do it. 
I know. At midnight, always has to be midnight, begin eating the pieces of apples while looking into the mirror. When you get to the ninth piece, throw it over your shoulder and the face of your lover will appear in the mirror. Oh, oh, you poop your pants. Wouldn't you? You would, you would. <laughs> You'd just be put off by that image for the rest of your life. You'd run a mile if you saw that person's face. Well, what if it was someone you knew as well and you were like, oh. You're yeah. Him. You're like, that's disappointing. This is, oh, yeah, this is if you have multiple love interests. Oh. So what you do is you peel the apple and you pull out all the seeds. Or you could cut the apple horizontally or vertically, whichever way, you know, you feel is right. And then you put, I, I remember this, you put a, a wet seed on your cheek. You heard this one? Yeah. Put the seeds all on your cheeks and each seed represents a potential boyfriend. So you've got like Joe, Kirk, <laughs> Dave, and then the last one, you wait for them all to fall off. And then the last one to fall off is your, is going to be the person that you end up with. Right. No, I've not heard yeah. that one. No, I, I remember putting, I remember reading about putting seeds on your face. And then I got the, I came across this lovely website called Crowsbone, which seems to be lots of uh, wonderful spells and wicker and all that sorts of cool stuff. So I'll send that along. And this is from an article called A is for Apple and 13 magical ways to use apples. So another way, because there's a lot, she, she covered all of the ways that we've just dis, uh, discussed for finding out who you're going to end up with i'd forgotten about this one i bet you did it at school you hold the apple and you grab the um the stem oh. of the apple oh yeah and you turn it oh my and God. as you turn turn the stem you a b c yeah. d and when it comes off that's the first initial and then we had another bit the second part where you stabbed it into the flesh of into the did you do that bit no. So you, you hold the, the stem that's just come off and you hold the apple in your other hand and you sort of stab it against the the skin of the apple and you go A, B, C, D. And once it pierces the skin, that's the second letter of your oh, you've just your husband. Like so many memories. I can't believe I know, it. do it. Yeah, I yeah, I'd forgotten but, all about that. You would, you know, get more heavy handed the closer to the initial yeah. that you wanted. <laughs> Yeah, you'd like That's twist it. really lightly, and then be like, "Oh, look!" <laughs> yeah, <awesome>. oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that was. Just... <clears throat> yeah, and uh, right, and she's uh, listed a few other spells here that I'll just go through uh, that use apples. You can reveal. Oh no, just done that one. You can do a spell to bring on a late period, if oh. if you know if you're a bit worried. Also, there's a, a lovely spell for protection against nightmares, and that uses apple blossom, I think. There's a spell to sever ties with somebody. So if you want somebody out of your life, there's a spell for good luck in a test. And then I liked this one, spell for banishing ghosts and spirits using apple seeds. And this one takes a little while to prepare for because obviously you have to gather a load of apple seeds. And But apparently you can use... Uh, apple seeds rice or dry beans as anything that's dry and then once you've once you've got enough basically this works really well in your bedroom if you're getting ghostly visits in your bedroom 
you just throw a handful of the seeds at the spirit and and that will get rid of them temporarily so there's obviously a lot of power in an apple is this maybe that's because do you remember we were talking that apple apple seeds contain some kind of poison how did i not look that up i'll have to see if i can find that out before the end is lowly doing something poor cynthia's had to mute herself because lowly is doing something i can't see what it is she's just barking at somebody close it she can't even see out the window but someone's closed a car door so she she's settled in her little bed in here and then like how dare somebody go about their she day she doesn't like it sorry i'm just looking up what apple seeds contain yeah is it it's arsenic. i want to say it's arsenic it's cyanide cyanide that's it yeah cyanide compound right like we cleared that up so maybe that's why ghosts don't like them maybe there's a, you can make a bouquet using apple blossoms for prosperity there is also a spell for curing writer's block so anybody listening any authors out there it will also invoke invoke creative inspiration all you need is an apple and your bed and a pillow so we will share this on on the instagram on the page for anybody who needs it you um before you go to bed you take a whole apple and hold it in both of your hands close your eyes and take a deep breath and speak your intentions ideas are brimming within me i am full of inspiration as i sleep tonight let those ideas flow from my mind to the apple and then you put the apple under your pillow and you sleep on it you could put it under your bed if you want to but under the pillow is better and then in the morning before you leave the room you have to take a bite from that apple and then once you've taken a bite you can kind of get on with your day but if you want to eat the rest of the apple for your breakfast then that will also help and that will get the creative juices flowing for you i'm going to try that i'm going to try that um this week i think i think i'll try it too i've not particularly got writer's block at the minute i've more got writer's can't start but that's just yeah me, i think i need i need something that so i've got a bit more energy I think just life in general life in general but then I think that would mean that I could write more yeah yeah I know what you mean so there is love spells there's a lucky star spell for changing your fortune which is good I love this website it was wonderful there's a fertility spell um all sorts of spells so Mm -hmm. we will share that writer's block spell specifically for all of our writers out there yeah and that brings me to the end of my talk on apples. I can't believe there's so much about apples. I can't believe you can have a job as a pomologist. I know, I know. <laughs> I really, I really love the the humble apple. Now I've got a lot of respect for it. Yeah. I never really thought. I never really thought about the fact that it does appear in so many not spells, but like those little rituals and those little divination things that you used to do as a kid and that you'd read about yeah and i i really like and i could see i could see myself doing like including a bit if i'd known more about apples then i think there could have been some apple stuff in mark of the wicked yeah definitely it would have fit in really nice yeah if there was a sequel i'd stick it in there i think yeah that sounds good very anyway so that's that's it for me oh thank you that was a nice one 
Yes, it, it did counteract your human skulls one. <laughs> I know, and the Beatles. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've got some nicer ones. Well, no, we haven't, have we? I was going to say we've got some nicer ones coming up, but actually... Uh, we're going to ruin Christmas for everyone. Yeah, so, yeah, tune in <laughs> next week when we ruin Christmas. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Browser history deleted.